Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. back on the believe in the jets podcast i'm your host andrew golden of jets x factor got lamont jordan former jet running back here with me we are looking ahead to preview week three for the new york jets at home against the cincinnati bengals coming off an incredible win against the cleveland browns the afc north showdown continues as we head on into week three with the bengals coming to town this is going to be a really uh, really interesting game to break down lamont because personally i love this matchup for new york i think that of their three games they face this team matches up with them the best by a wide margin. I think there's some really, really good matchups and exploitable advantages for the Jets to take advantage of. And I'm really eager to get uh, to get breaking this game down. Let's go ahead and start on the offense. Obviously, that's where things are always going to start with this team and have been for so many years. Luckily, the Jets offense has been playing pretty well overall, especially last week. They've been able to move the ball. They haven't really been completely stymied at any point this season. And I expect that to keep going this year, uh, this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think first and foremost, it starts with establishing a power run game. You got to be able to move guys off the line of scrimmage. If you just let the Bengals come through and, uh, and pin their ears back and pass rush, they have a good defensive line. They're not to be taken you know, lightly, and they can affect the game in a major way if you don't back them off. But if you can get some running plays on them, which they've shown to be susceptible to, I think you can set some plays up with play action. You can keep those defensive ends honest. I think like most games for the Jets, get the ground game going and good things are going to happen as a result. Um. You know, I, I, I like the thinking. Um, I'm going to go back to something that you said and with the last show. And for me, offensively, I think that this is a game that you get your, you, you get your ball carriers, you, you get your weapons to ball in space. It took you three weeks, but you finally caught up to agreeing well, because, with me. Well, because I think that this is a team that it can work against. I didn't think that that game plan would work against Baltimore. I thought Baltimore was too fast. In fact, I don't think that any team that we play that uses that game plan, get the ball out quick, get the ball in open space. I don't think the teams are going to be able to do that against us simply because our defense is too fast. Cincinnati, I'm not taking anything away from Cincinnati's defense. Cincinnati's defense has played well enough for Cincinnati to have wins this year. It's been offense that's just been gosh awful. Um, So for me, I think offensively, the way you're going to get the run game going is to spread things out, get the ball in space, and see if our offensive line can hold up against the Cincinnati Bengals defensive line. Yeah, now here's an interesting point that I wanted to bring up to you that I noticed I was watching a tape of the Bengals-Cowboys game from last week, trying to get prepared, get an idea of what the Bengals were doing. And the one thing I noticed for them on defense that stuck out to me really early is when the Cowboys would go into any sort of heavier set. So if it was 12 personnel with two tight ends or 21 personnel with, a, with two running backs or something along those lines, The Bengals, which I didn't know that they did, and I haven't gone and checked back last year to see if this is a carryover, but they went to a 5-2 front. So they would have five defensive linemen, two linebackers, and four safeties for people that are listening don't know what a 5-2 means. And it's different than, you know, a base defense. The Bengals are a 4-3 base defense, which would be four linemen and three linebackers. Then you have your two safeties and two corners. The Bengals switched it up and went with five linemen and only two linebackers. That, to me, I think what you're talking about there's a ton of opportunity to exploit some matchups down the field. If you're only going to have two corners and two safeties on the field, and you're going to have five defensive linemen all up on the line of scrimmage. 
Mm-hmm. My whole point is you have to be able to establish that run early so you can set up the big play action shots. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to get one-on-one with safeties, yes, the Bengals safeties are good. I don't want anyone to think that I'm sitting here trying to disparage them, but Jesse Bates had a rough game against the Cowboys. And for as good as he is as a safety, expecting him to hang in man coverage one-on-one down the field all game with our receiving our, our receivers, eventually he's going to lose. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can keep them in that five, two front by getting good chunks in the run game, you're setting up better matchups later in the game for your uh, offensive skill players and your receivers, because they're going to be going up against less DBs. If you, I want to try and keep, if the Bengals want to play five, two, in my opinion, let them, I feel mm-hmm. like you're, as long as you can continually get the offense going with the run game, which is again, easier said than done when you have five defensive linemen, but CJ Uzama is supposedly going to be back for this game. Wasn't suspected that he was going to play, but it seems like he will. That'll help in the run game. I think you can really take advantage of this defense and kind of force them into what they don't want to do. If they're going to have the tendency of playing five, two against stronger, bigger offensive formations, and it doesn't work for them, like it hasn't so far. And it didn't against the Cowboys. Then in my opinion, go right ahead. And as long as you can get some amount of the run game going, I think you're going to have plenty of opportunities down the field. I don't think that Bengals, first of all, I think that if we do that, then I think we're playing right into the Bengals' hands. Really? Um, yeah, I think we're playing into the Bengals' hands if we keep things tight. Um, when you I wouldn't say and keep things totally tight, not so much like the tight formations, but what I meant is if they're going to get into a two tight end set and we'll have two tight ends on one side of the field and you have your two receivers out wider on either side, I don't think you need to be playing real condensed. But I think if you try and bait them into that looser coverage, you're going to help out your receivers on the back end. Yeah, and the thing is, is I don't think that Cincinnati, and again, you know, it goes back to what you said, going back to see if this is carryover. I don't think that they would play a 5-2 against Mm -hmm. us. And here's why. As dominant of runners as Zeke and Tommy Pollard are, I don't think that they're equally as dangerous out the backfield when you compare them to Carter and you compare them to Hall. I think our backs are much better out of the backfield. So thinking about things from an offensive coordinator standpoint, if I go for two tight set and I line up twins, put my other two wide receivers on one side and you run a five, two, now I can motion my back out the backfield. Now you just don't have enough people because you have five defensive linemen. Knowing how how LaFleur is with regards to his play calling, where we don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to take shots? Are we going to run the ball? Are we going to go with the read option? Uh, You know, the stuff that I don't Mm -hmm. like that will actually work in this game, which is crazy. I don't see them, while I agree with you, establishing a run game. I don't see Cincinnati lining up in a 5-2 against us playing that. Because, I mean, let's let's look at it from this standpoint. If we go with two tights, right? and you put two, and you you go with twins with your wide receivers, all right, you're going to have two DBs over here. Let's say we go for corners over situation. So you got both corners over there. You have a safety who has to play over the top. You have to make sure that somebody is is counting the backs with regards to that. So if I'm putting two wide receivers on this side, let's just say for poops and giggles, we got – uh Garrett and we got Barrios over here on the same side. Let's say we got Garrett and we have more. You have this yep. whole side. And that safety is either going to have to cheat over to that side, which takes them out of the run fit, or they're going to have to cheat down the other way to be in the run fit. And then you got one-on-ones on the corners. Exactly. I agree with everything you're saying. 
I don't want you to think for a second I'm disagreeing with you. This is a point, quite honestly, to me, Lamont, of why I'm really confident in this matchup. I think mm-hmm. the Bengals do a lot of stuff that hurts them. Mm-hmm. I think they shoot themselves in the foot a lot. And when we get to breaking down defense, I have a big point there that I think they're really shooting themselves in the foot with. And I think this could be another way. If I'm going off, you're saying offensive coordinator standpoint, you know, what we're trying to do against that defense. I'm going to counter that and try and go from the defensive standpoint. If I'm the Bengals, DC, Lou Anarumo, and what am I thinking to try and stop the Cowboys offense? Well, they had a backup quarterback in for the first game in Cooper Rush. So they're maybe thinking there might not be as many opportunities down the field. Pretty early in that game, Cooper Rush proved that he could throw the ball down the field and that he wasn't scared of this Bengals defense. And that was by no means as he as good as Dak Prescott, but the Bengals, but the Cowboys offense wasn't suffering because of Cooper Rush. Mm -hmm. They kept doing it. They kept getting in that five, two, whenever they would get into two tight end sets and they would get killed on play action or they ran a tight set, not quite a, a 12 personnel, you know, standard, like we're saying under center twins look, but they got in another bunch set where they had Pollard and Zeke in the backfield and they did a little pitch sweep to Pollard to the outside and it got 40 yards up the sideline. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of plays happened very early and I didn't see any adjustment from the Bengals defense. That to me makes me think, like I said, if they're going to play five, two against us, let them, if they're going to play five, two against us, don't make them get out of it. Don't mm-hmm. give them reasons to change. If you can establish that run game and keep that run game going, they're going to be more influenced to stay in that personnel set. And based on what I saw last week, that's all they need to see to not get out of a defense that I think is bad for them. Can they do it other ways? Absolutely. And I do think getting your playmakers with ball in space is a big way to do it. And if they're not in that five, two set, then you're going to have to worry about some other things, but but that stuck out to me like a sore thumb on tape where I just kept going, why do they keep putting five linemen on the field? Their safeties can't cover. And, mm-hmm. and you're getting killed by tight ends. And Noah Brown had a huge game for the Cowboys at receiver. And that was a big reason why he got a lot of single coverage. So I'm really curious to see on Sunday how this plays out and what the Bengals actually do. Because I think if they try and do what they did against the Cowboys, they're asking for trouble. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. If you're going to go with the 5-2, then – we as a team, as with the Jets, we have to exploit that. Yep. We have to make sure that we exploit that matchup as we continue to talk about the offensive side of the ball. Um, and, and I think that my next point, it, it fits perfectly with, with what we're talking about, establishing a run. If you're able to establish a run game, you're able to stay out of third and long situations. And this is a huge part. This right here is a huge, huge part of of if we're going to win this game or not. The team that executes the best on third down is going to win this game. And I know, you know, you could look at games and say, well, I'm, I'm sure it's that way with most games. Well, let's look I'll at always. it. Let's look at it this way. The Dallas Cowboys were three for 10 on third downs. Okay. Offensively against, this, against uh, the Bengals defense, they were three for 10. All right. The Steelers on third down. All right, the Steelers were four for 15. So what that tells me is the reason that the Bengals are able to stay in these games is because their defense is forcing teams to punt the ball, which leads to my point of what we have to do is we have to convert on third down. I do not think that this is a situation. Yes, the Bengals are 0-2. Yes, they may have the hangover from the Super Bowl, but let's make no mistake about it. This is still a very dangerous offense. They're barely 0-2. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. Barely, They're barely owned. Yes. They could have very easily been two and zero if things went very differently in a couple of different things in a couple of games. They lost to Dallas on a last second field goal. They went to overtime. I'm pretty sure with the Steelers. This was, you know, this is not. They got blown out twice in a row. I don't want anyone to sit here and think that either of us are are overlooking this team that was just in the Super Bowl just because they had a rough start these first couple of weeks doesn't mean they're to be taken lightly. That doesn't change the fact that I think there's a lot of good matchups here for the Jets. Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of good matchups. Um, but I just don't want us like this. This is a game we're going to get Cincinnati's best. Oh, 100%. They cannot start the season 0-3 playing in a division with the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, Pittsburgh does not look good right now. And the 2-1 and one Browns. Yes. And, 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 and listen, after watching the Browns play, I'm even more impressed with the Jets' victory because let me let's make no mistake about it. I don't know who the offensive coordinator is for the Browns, but he's a damn good offensive coordinator. It's their head coach, Kevin Stefanski. I'll tell you what, he does a great job. Yes, he does. I noticed that in the Jets game. I was like, whoa. You know, I know coming into the game, we were talking about Brissett, but he, I think Brissett was like, what, 22 for 28 or something yeah. like that? Something. And, and he never had to come off his first read more than, you know, two or three times a game. You know, exactly. when when the pass protection holds up and your first read open, you know, it's easier to be a quarterback. Yes. Now, with that said, I think for Cincinnati, we could see something different from their defense that we haven't seen all year because I think that Flacco, <laughs> it's crazy about to say this, at this point in the season, Flacco is the best quarterback that this defense is, that the Bengals defense has seen. All right. You're 100% correct. I think that. I, it's not a matter of think. I know that yeah. from an offensive weapon standpoint, that this is the most dangerous offense that the Cincinnati Bengals will play. So I'm coming back to third down efficiency. We cannot, we cannot have situations where we're in third and long. We have to stay in third and short. We have to make sure that we're converting these third downs and we have to come away with points. Yeah, 100% agreed. No, I couldn't agree more with that. Being efficient on third down is one of the most consistent things you can do to give yourself a chance to win in the NFL, in football in general, but in the NFL especially. Winning on third down wins you games more often than not. And this is the other point that I wanted to make, and I think this is a good transition to get into the defense. You win third down a lot. More often than not, you win time of possession too. Mm -hmm. And if you're winning time of possession, that means Joe Burrows, Jamar Chase aren't on the field. Mm -hmm. That means that they can't have the 75 yard bomb out of nowhere that all of a sudden they're back in it and they score a touchdown in four seconds. Mm -hmm. You're limiting those opportunities on top of that. And I think this is a great, like I said, direct transition. You take away their time of possession. You convert on third downs, you stay efficient on offense and you score points. Now they're going to be forcing. Now they're going to be pressing. And the one thing the Bengals have struggled to do this year, and the main reason for a lot of their problems, is they are forcing everything deep. They are trying way too hard to get the big play. They are trying way too hard to be burrow to chase for 80 yards that they were last year, and their offensive line can't pass protect long enough to get it done. And teams know that's what they're looking to do, so they're sitting in cover two and daring everyone, daring burrow to throw hole shots all game. Mm -hmm. And it's just not open. So if you're winning time of possession and you're out to a lead, and you're able to consistently generate points on offense and generate yards and have seven, eight minute drives that take up, you know, a huge amount of time, you're going to get that Bengals offense right where you want them. And you're going to get them pressing. And I think that just plays into their hands. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And as we transition to the defensive side of the ball, first thing that I'm going to say, I'm going to go back to my last point. On the defensive side of the ball, we have to force punts. Yep. We, we have to force punts. Cincinnati has not been good on third down this entire season. Like, they, offensively, them on third down, they are horrible. This cannot be a get-right game. We cannot allow this to be a get-right game for Cincinnati. And if you're the Jets, and, you know, we've said on this show that the heartbeat and the backbone of this team is the defense. It does not – I can care less what type of weapons we have on the offensive side of the ball – if this team is going to make a run at the playoffs and, and, and be taken seriously, A, you have to win this game. And B, the, the backbone, the heartbeat of that happening is going to be the defense. With that said, there's something that we do defensively that if we do not change, I think Cincinnati is going to carve our defense up. Mm -hmm. We cannot allow Jamar Chase or Higgins or any of these wide receivers to get these free releases playing off coverage. If we're playing off and we're bailing, he's going to catch the ball and he's going to get rid of it. The offensive line for Cincinnati is struggling right now. Joe Burrow is getting hit. But if I'm not mistaken, Joe Burrow has not turned the ball over yet. All right. Uh, I'd have to go back and check. I don't remember off the top of my head where he's specifically thrown an interception. I know that he's missed throws and he's, he's taken throws. a lot of sacks because he's looking at the rush. Because yes. he's because the, the offensive line isn't you know isn't blocking for him, but I don't mm -hmm. think he's out here throwing ducks into coverage that are being picked off. Not that I've seen. Exactly, and 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 I think that when you have a quarterback that takes care of the ball and the offensive line is struggling, all he needs is for the offensive line to give him some time to develop some type of rhythm, and now he's right back into Joe Burrow, the quarterback that took his team to the Super Bowl, which goes back to what I'm saying. If Cincinnati's going to beat you, force Cincinnati to beat you going deep. Force Cincinnati to throw the ball over top of your head. If you play back, and we'll know early on in the game, if we come out on defense and we see that we're playing off coverage, I think you're going to watch Cincinnati march the ball down the field on us. Joe Burrow's going to get the ball out of his yep. hands. Quick. Seven-yard stick to Jamar Chase and let him break exactly. a tackle over and over and over. Over yep. and over again. All right. And then from there, once he starts to, to nitpick and do all of these different things now, kind of like you were saying, use our run to set up the big play. I yep. think Cincinnati is going to use the short game to set up the double moves, which is going to open up. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything, from T-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets, and of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days. Like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code staple two zero. This would be my next point. You cannot lose sight of where Joe Mixon is in this game. 
he is the person that will absolutely break our back. If we focus so much on Burrow and we focus so much on this passing game, Joe Mixon in the screen game, the draw game, and then him out the backfield, because I think they have a favorable matchup against our linebackers, him out of the backfield. We cannot lose sight of Joe Mixon. Lamont, you set me up so perfect for this. I can't even explain it. This was my point that I was alluding to earlier when I said they have a really bad shooting themselves in the foot matchup on offense that I think they're playing into. It's Joe Mixon as a receiver. Joe Mixon leads the NFL right now in yard in routes run by a running back with 57 routes in two games. That's nearly 30 times a game. He's out as a pass uh, pass catcher and he is not in the blocking scheme whatsoever. He might chip a little bit, but he really hasn't done a good job chipping off on what I saw on tape earlier. And even if you're chipping with this offensive line, a chip only helps against one guy. You have every other person on the defensive line that isn't getting chipped. That's still going to get an opportunity to win their matchup. He's run dang near 30 routes a game. He's been targeted in two games, 13 times. That is not enough for me if I'm the Bengals offensive coordinator to say, we're going to have him out of the backfield as a receiver dang near 30 times a game. And we're only going to throw to him six. We're only going to, to take a chance with our offensive line that can't pass protect that can't do any max protections. Rarely they keep their tight end in the block a lot. Their tight ends aren't much of a receiving threat, but then you're taking another player out of the route that you don't have to cover on top of that. The Bengals love going empty. And they love spreading things out and getting five out in protection. I just did the orange and black podcast, Cincinnati-based podcast yesterday with a couple of dudes up there. And I had brought this up to them because I had noticed it statistically. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a second. For a team that can't pass block with all of these great receivers that can win down the field, why aren't you getting into some seven, you know, some seven-man protections, trusting Higgins and Chase to go win one-on-ones and see if they can get the ball down the field? Or if you're going to have Joe Mixon run 30 routes a game, throw to him more, target him more, use him in the offense. Because in my opinion, every time they send Joe Mixon out on a route and they're not targeting him, they're hurting their own offensive line. They're, they're taking away any possibility to limit or scheme up a protection. You talk all the time on this show, Lamont, about being a former running back and what two jet protection was like, where you are part of the blocking scheme. You are factored in. It's different than I'm chipping this defensive end and then I'm running my route. There's a specific plan and you are a factor in the protection just like you would be as you were any other offensive lineman. The Bengals don't do a lot of that. And so you're 100% right. Joe Mixon is what kills the Jets in this game. If Joe Mixon is catching... 12 passes for 140 yards and adds, you know, 10 rushes for 80 jets lose. It's not even going to be a competition. Joe Mixon's going to be fantasy player of the week, but the Bengals aren't throwing to him. So I think early you dare them to beat you deep. You dare them to give them the bait of you see chase outside. You see him getting pressed. You know, he's going to have the one-on-one take it. You think it's there. You trust that your line will hold up long enough to do it. And you basically, the second I get the inkling that they are targeting Joe Mixon, he becomes my focal point. And I use whatever tool at my hand defensively, whether it be drop, changing some early down calls and running some man coverage. If you're going to want to run maybe a big nickel set and have a third safety in as a sort of cover player, and that way you can also hold up in the run game. Whatever you got to do, once Joe Mixon becomes the target of the offense, that's where my all of my attention goes defensively. But until the Bengals prove that they're going to make him the target of the offense, 
I'm not worried about it. Mixon's averaging three yards a carry right now across two games. He's, their run game has not been good. And it's not Joe Mixon's fault. It's not like he's a bad player, but you can only be so good behind a bad offensive line when you got four people unblocked coming at you the second you touch the ball. So I'm not so much worried about this run game, even though Mixon's a great back. And I'm not so much worried about Mixon as a receiver if the Bengals aren't going to throw to him. So in my opinion, like I said before, if the Bengals want to sit in 5-2 and that's what they're going to do and that's their decision and they're not going to adjust, let them. If they want to keep having Mixon run routes and not throw him the ball, then let them. The second they prove that he will be targeted, the second they change something, the second they prove that that they can adapt, because right now I think that's the difference in this game. Do the Bengals come out and act any differently than they have over the first two weeks on offense and defense? Because if this is the same old story for Cincinnati, I think the Jets can, I think the Jets can easily win. If the Bengals don't adjust what they've done over these next two weeks, I think it's the perfect matchup for the Jets, the way their defensive line works, the way their back end works in the secondary, the way their offense is built to play. I love all of it. If the Bengals flip things on their head, and they come out and start trying to set up the quick game and keeping Mixon in to pass protect, or if they are going to have him run a route, then make him the first read and get him the ball. Now I think you're looking at things that might be, you know, a little bit dicey, but until I see it out of Cincinnati, I got to make them do it. Let me see it before I start preparing for it. Because quite honestly, I feel like I would much rather leave, lean my coverage more towards chase and dare them to throw deep and let them prove that they'll dink and dunk with Joe Mixon before I sell out to covering the Joe Mixon dink and dunk, if that makes any sense. I feel where you're coming from on that, which goes back to what I'm saying as far as bring your secondary up. Bring your secondary up. Because if you're playing back, he's just going to take the ball. He's going to buy as much time as he possibly can. And then there are a multitude of things they can do with Joe Mixon. You said it yourself. They they run him on routes, but they don't target him. I think that this is a game where he's going to be targeted. And if I'm coming in, first of all, if Cincinnati comes out and they haven't made any adjustments, then I think that they're just accepting the fact that they're not going to the playoffs this year. You cannot and will not come into this game against the Jets doing the same thing that you've done offensively and think that you're going to win this game. Now, I think they can do what they've been doing all season defensively. I think they can do that and give the Jets some problems, which is why I'm going back to what your method is. Spread things out, get the ball to your playmakers in space, trust that your offensive line is going to hold up and give Joe Flacco time. Because if if our offensive line gives Joe Flacco time, we're going to carve this defense up. Yes, we are. We're going to carve this defense up. That corner group is not good. It's not. not. Eli Apple is not good. Chidobia Mm -hmm. Wuzier is average. Mike Hilton in the slot is a solid player, but he's nothing incredible. Mm-hmm. This is a very average at best cornerback group. Like I said, their safeties are good, but their safeties are still safeties. And even their best members in the secondary were getting beat against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. There's reason to be hopeful for this skill position. And so I, this is one thing I want to say that I think could be a huge key to the game offensively. And I don't think we've seen enough of it yet out of the Jets offense. And I know we're kind of flip-flopping offense and defense here, Mm -hmm. but I think everything we're saying, I feel like is very complimentary. Mm -hmm. We're thinking that this could be a game where the offense plays off the defense and vice versa and everything works together. So you're trying to keep your 
keep the Bengals offense off the field. You're trying to stay efficient on third downs. You're trying to keep score points, be explosive, get your playmakers the ball in space. Can we please start throwing some screens to our running backs? Please. I feel like that that all fits into that one category. You got a guy in Michael Carter, who I don't think the first man has ever tackled him at any point in time he's been in the NFL. You have a guy in Brees Hall who's 220 pounds and runs 4-3-9. Give him the ball in space. We saw what he could do as a receiver against Cleveland scoring the touchdown. He's a natural receiver. It's not like you have to teach him how to run a screen pass. Let's get these guys the ball in space and let them run and let them you let's use them more as receivers, not just on the final drive when we're dinking and dunking. Mm-hmm. I think we can we can pick up some chunk yards against this defense with some screens to our backs. And I think it'll ease off the pass rush. I think it'll get some chunk yards, get you conversions, you know, basically treat this defense the way the teams have treated the Jets defense. I think you can have some similar success. I agree with you. With with regards to getting our backs and getting them in the screen game, the issue with running screens is when you run screens against defensive lines that run lineman stunts. And that is the issue that Cincinnati Bengals, that, that they will present for us is that, hey, I'm telling you, I'm just saying as a screen runner. Right. The hardest defense for a running back and a quarterback to get your timing together is when they crash this in and then they loop a tackle or they, any type of line yep. stuff. Because what happens is as you're coming up and checking as a back, there's a whole lot of acting that you have to do. Sometimes you have to run up, go through as if mm-hmm. you're going out for a route and then circle back around to come back into the vision of the quarterback for the screen. So I would, I would, I understand where you're coming from with regards to the screens. I think that we go with our screen game to our wide receivers. I think that opening the screen game up to our wide receivers is going to have these defensive ends having to think to get outside now. So now that will open up our inside screen game for our running backs. If you just drop back against Cincinnati and they run a line stunt and you have a screen called, they're going to lock that down. We talk about Joe Mixon. Our linebackers have to have their antennas up this week. They have to have their antennas up because what you're saying that you hope that we do, I think that this is exactly what Cincinnati is going to do. If you want to stupid not to, if you want to slow down a very aggressive defensive front, you slow them down by running screens. All right, because they have to account for the back. And so when we talk about the screen game and when we talk about Joe Mixon and then we talk about third down efficiency, I really think that for Cincinnati if you're going to win this game you're going to have to put this game on the back of Joe Mixon for the Jets if you're going to win this game you have to be efficient on third down I think that's really what it comes down to Joe Burrow is going to take care of the ball he's already proven that he's going to take care of the ball the first two games he's been under siege I think that this defense is just as good as the Cowboys defense. When you look at the Jets defense and you look Agreed. at what, what and it's Cowboys a sim and it's similar schematically because Dan Quinn's their defensive coordinator. Exactly. So it's not even that it's talent-wise, it's basically the same scheme. Yes. And so if you're the Jets coming into this game, you also have to realize that now the Bengals are seeing the same style of defense two weeks in a row. 
So you know that they're going to make some type of adjustment. And I really think that the Bengals adjustment this week, and you're, you're going to see it early on. And their first offensive drive, it would not surprise me one bit if the very first play that the Cincinnati Bengals run is a screen pass to Joe Mixon. I wouldn't be shocked. It would, me. it would not surprise me one bit because now you're setting you're setting the mentality. Let's get the ball out quick. Let's slow down this this aggressive defensive front. Let's get the Jets to bring up their secondary so now that we can take our shots. And this is the game. Sauce. Okay. Versus Chase. Yep. If you are the Jets. It's as simple as this. You win this game if you eliminate the big plays. If you force Cincinnati to drive the ball down the field, you win this game. If you give up three or four plays of like 25 to 30 yards or more, chances are the Jets will lose this game if those, if those plays result in touchdowns. Force the Bengals to drive the length of the field. The Bengals have already proven they are horrible on yep. third Eventually, the line will give up. Eventually, exactly. the someone will lose the one on one. Someone mm -hmm. will make will give up a block and get a tackle for loss or a sack. Yep. You the more they have to play offense, the worse that it is for their offense. Conversely, mm -hmm. the more opportunities they get to win down the field, mm -hmm. and so that's where you want to win time of possession to get the Bengals into being desperate and trying to win down the field. That's when you can sell out to it a little more. And that's mm -hmm. when you can tell your defensive line, go get them. We're not worried as much about a screen. They're down 10 points. You know, it's third and 11. You know, we might be able to rally and tackle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things to be done there. This is kind of where I want to end. And it was something I heard from Jeff Ulbrich in a press conference today. And it's going to be where I might have most of my attention the entirety of the game. Because if you're as a coach going to outright say this and draw attention to it, now I'm going to be looking for it. He had mentioned for the first time I have heard Jeff Ulbrich as a defensive coordinator mentioned that for this game in particular going against a quarterback like burrow who's very cerebral who's very smart knows what he's looking at like you're saying doesn't make mistakes doesn't turn the ball over and a bad offensive line that blitzing him i think is a bad idea yes i think you're giving him easy hot throws i think he's great against pressure i don't think you have to blitz I think this offensive line isn't good enough to where you need to be sending a bunch of extra pressure. And so the one thing that Ulbrich mentioned, and I'm quoting him directly here, is that they want to do a good job of clouding the picture for Burrow on early downs. Mm -hmm. And so they can't, he just can't come out and look pre-snap and go, okay, they're in this coverage and I'm going to check to this call, bing, bang, boom, no problem. That they need to make him process, make him think, and while he's dropping back, take the extra time to hitch and wonder what's going on in the coverage behind him and not have the easy answer. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly what you need to do defensively. And mm -hmm. that's why this is a highlight for me, because if on Sunday, the jets aren't disguising their coverage, if we come out on Sunday and it's same old cover three off coverage, like you're saying that everyone's going to be able to tell from the second they line up, then what happened? Then why were you drawing attention to this as a potential mix up defensively against this specific team that I think is the perfect answer and then not going to run it. So I'm hopeful that we're going to see some disguised coverages. I think this could be a big three buzz game where the Bengals have been struggling a lot with cover two. And so if they 
obviously Cincinnati knows they're now struggling a lot with cover two. Speaking, like I said, being on the orange and black show over there, that seemed to be the biggest topic of discussion for them was mm-hmm. the Bengals getting completely shut down by cover two on offense. So if you come out and cover two and you're the Bengals offense saying, okay, we need to adjust. We've been getting beat by this coverage over and over. Let's try and make some calls. Let's high low one of these corners and, you know, call some levels concepts or see if we can hit some balls in the seam because we're seeing a lot of cover two and you show cover two defensively and drop that safety down. Well, there goes that seam ball. That's a pick. Now mm-hmm. you're stealing an interception. You get a curl flat defender sneaking underneath a corner route on cover two when the corner's bailing, or you might have someone dropping underneath. You can get some opportunities to get some picks on the ball. I think this is exactly what needs to happen defensively. I think it's the missing piece to limiting deep plays down the field. Because mm-hmm. as I said with Mixon, if they're going to, if he's going to run a route, that's great if they're not going to throw it to him. Mm-hmm. If they're not throwing it to him, it doesn't matter if he was open. It doesn't matter if he's running a route. And in my opinion, it's kind of the same thing with the deep shot where Chase might be open, but if Burrow's hitching for that extra second because he's not sure what the coverage is and the pass rush gets home, who cares he was open? Mm-hmm. Who, like You obviously don't want to give up busts in coverage, but if the result of the play is a sack, the result of the play is a sack. Mm-hmm. I This is going to be my ending point. If the Jets just do a couple of simple things to give themselves an advantage in this game. I think they can walk away with it. Mm. I really, really do. I can't see a scenario where this Bengals offense gets down by 10 or more points early in the game and they can come back because eventually the line is going to give up, give up pressure. Eventually they're going to get forced to do a third and long. Eventually they're going to have to press. And that's when mistakes happen. Even Mm -hmm. if it's not Burrow, that's when things are going to go bad. And I really think that the Jets are a few simple tweaks on offense and defense away from having their best game of the season. I really, really think that. I'm so, so looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be great. I'm with you. I'm with you. We have to weather the first quarter storm. That's 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 it. That's it. You have to, we have to weather the first quarter storm. If we weather this... If at the end of the first quarter the Jets are up, the Bengals are going to lose this game, and I think that we're going to up. But yep. at the end of the first quarter, if this is a close game, we have to get prepared for the Bengals having three games in a row where it comes down to the last drive of the game. In that situation, I don't, you know. I, well, the Jets are coming off that too, and that's the positive for them is the Jets have done it successfully is that they have the confidence of, well, we were just down to the wire, and we were just able to, you know, pull things out you know snatch victory from the jaws of defeat as they say so there's Mm -hmm. going to be confidence on that side for them too i'm i I love this matchup i could talk about it all night i really do (laughs) like i'm the more and more i think about it the more i just think it's a great opportunity for the jets and this is the one thing that i'm going to say to end if like you said the jets get up by you know end of the first quarter they're up seven or they're up two scores at least that's it game over pack it in Bengals are done Mm -hmm. close game that's when you're going to have to really dial in and buckle things up. But I don't think this Bengals line can last four quarters. And so I think if you get in a close game and the Jets get a small lead at the end of the game, if the run game can stay churning, I don't know if this Bengals offensive line can hold up. Or if the Bengals get a lead, I don't know if they can grind the clock out well enough. Mm -hmm. They haven't been able to run the ball effectively whatsoever. So you might just be, I'm, again, it's like I keep coming to this same conclusion. As long as Joe Mixon doesn't kill them, I don't know how the Bengals win. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that's it. It's that simple. 
and and based on how they've played, they aren't even using it. I will say this: if Joe Mixon doesn't kill us, the Bengals win. If we're giving up deep passes, if we're giving up the deep plays, if it's not Joe Mixon, it's because we're give we've given up three or four deep passes, which has changed the field position, which puts them in a position that they can at least get three points out of it. Yep. Outside of that, the only other way we lose this game is special teams. Now, this, the Bengals special teams, they've had some decent returns. I think that their return team has given them some, some field position. They have a good them. kicker, too. They have a yes, kicker that can hit from very far. Yes. And so I think special teams is going to be a wash. You know, we can't have a breakdown of special teams. Just as the Bengals, uh, they've shown that they have the ability to return the ball. Hey, as long as we got Braxton Berrios. Mm-hmm. We good. We're good. Defensively, um, do not allow Joe Mixon to get going. That is going to be, that is going to be the heart of, that's going to be the heart of the Bengals' victory is forcing the ball to Joe Mixon. To your point about blitzing, and this isn't just for this game. This is how I feel about the entire season. Our front four is good enough that we should be able to get pressure on any quarterback against any offense. That's just what I feel about our defense. They should be. If we have to bring pressure, if we have to bring a fifth or sixth guy in order to bring in, in, in order to get pressure on the quarterback, we're not going to beat the Dolphins. We're not going to beat the Bills. We're not going to beat any of these top teams. If the Jets are going to have a successful season, it's going to be done because the front four of the Jets is able to get pressure on the quarterback, which allows us to have our linebackers to drop, to make the quarterback hold on to that ball a little bit longer, which is going to allow the D-line to get there. You blitz Joe Burrow, you're inviting disaster. If you blitz Joe Burrow, now what you're saying is that now you have Joe Mixon one-on-one with whatever that blitzing, whatever linebacker is not blitzing, now you're asking him to check Joe Mixon. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think either one of our linebackers can check Joe Mixon out of the backfield. Not consistently. Not not one on one. Not 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 on an island. Not with a two way go off a blitz or not up a hot read where they're having to align differently. No, no, I completely agree. And that's where I'm 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 hesitant in the slightest bit that the Bengals are gonna wake up and realize what they have offensively in their backfield and use this guy as much as they're they're letting him run routes. Mm-hmm. Because they're really hurting themselves by not, and I'm not saying Mixon has to be the guy in pass protection because as from what I've seen, he's not the best blocker particularly either. But every time you have Mixon out running a route and he's not getting the ball, you're taking away help from your pass protection. Yeah. You're increasing the opportunity and you're increasing the likelihood that someone's going to lose up front and you're going to get sacked. So mm-hmm. I'm worried that's what's going to change for the Bengals offense is they're going to say, okay, we need to get this guy, the ball we will make him the focal point. And if he's running 29 routes a game, then we'll throw to him 15 of those times. Mm-hmm. That's where things go bad. But that I think, you know, giving up the deep ball is one thing. I don't think they'll be able to get, give, I don't think they'll give up enough to where it'll really hurt them. Cause I don't think this line's going to block well enough. I think eventually you're going to get sacked. And unless you're getting guys smoked off the line wide open where Burrow can hit, you know, the third step in his drop and loft it up and just let a guy run under it. You know, those deep shots take time. They take time to develop and it's tough for an offensive line to block. I'm let's get into picks instead of, you know, let's get into our game picks because I'm going to keep sitting here and talking about how much I love this matchup. I'm going to come right out and say it. My bet of the week is jets plus seven. Hmm. 
It's plus 800 right now on Bet Online sponsor, of course. Shout out to betonline.ag. The Jets to win by between at least seven or 12 points is plus 800 on betonline.ag right now. I think this is a two score Jets win. Mm, I think they win minus the Jets minus seven saying Mm -hmm. they need to win by at least seven between seven and 12. The Jets win by between seven and 12 points on bet online. It is plus 800 right now. I'm Mm -hmm. taking that bet. Mm -hmm. I could see a 10 point Jets victory very, very easily. I could see a 14 point Jets victory very, very easily. I'm, I'm struggling to see a way in which the Jets get destroyed I'm struggling to see a way in which the Jets lose that isn't Joe Mixon goes off. And I Mm -hmm. think luckily for our team, and at least what I'm hoping from this defensive staff, is that if Mixon starts going off early, then I think, like I said, he becomes the focal point. And now Mm -hmm. you have to trust that Bengals offensive line to hold up well enough to take shots down the field. And you have to trust them well enough to run block if they get out to a lead to keep that lead and run the clock out. I don't think either of those things can happen. I think the Jets walk away with this one and the Bengals. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to call my shot. I don't think the Bengals adjust. Mm. I I don't, I don't think they're going to adjust. I don't think Mixon's going to be that heavily targeted. I don't think they're going to stop doing their five, two defensively. I think this is a team that goes, we were in the Super Bowl last year. We know what we're doing. It's only been two close losses. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. We were close in these games. We played well enough to win. We just didn't do well enough. I don't think they're in a mode of, oh my God, we need to completely, you know, flip-flop everything that we've been doing. They should be doing that. Based on what I've seen, that's what they should be doing. But I don't think mentally that's going to be where they're at. I'm curious to hear how you feel. I think that the Bengals are going to make an adjustment. They have to. I feel like right now their season is on the line. Agreed. Yeah, the Bengals uh, listen. Are on the line, so we're going to get yeah. their best shot. So I fully expect that they're going to make some adjustments. I, I expect that we'll see some gadget plays, some a halfback toss or a, 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 a halfback pass, a, a reverse pitch back to the quarterback, hit Jamar Chase down the field. I think that the Bengals are going to come out here and they're going to make the adjustment, which is why I'm nervous about this game. I, I, you know, we, we, we talked, we did a full breakdown, um, but the Bengals are a team that was just in the playoffs. I mean, just in the Super Bowl. Yeah, let alone the players. They're also a team that lost a game to the Jets last year, and they're looking to get that victory back. So I'm not as confident in this game because I am I am saying that I think that this is the bit we're going to get the Bengals' best shot. So with that said, my picks, I'm going with the same game parlay, Drew. I'm doing the same back game. Back to the old well. Mm-hmm. Same game parlay. I have Joe Flacco, all right, bet online. I have Joe Flacco, two-plus touchdowns scored. I mean, two-plus touchdowns. I have Garrett Wilson. Now, that two-plus touchdowns is at a plus 131. I have Garrett Wilson getting over four-and-a-half receptions. And I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to take the Jets and give me the points. Right now on, on, on bet online, they got the Jets at a minus six, at a plus six. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take that. Although I think that the Jets will win the game, I will not sleep on Cincinnati. I I mean, this is a National Football League. 
They have a great quarterback. They have weapons all over the place. They have a defense that's solid. They just have a defense that has not had an offense to support them. Um, so I do, I, I would love to say that the Jets are going to win this game, but I'm going to go back to my preseason picks. I thought that they would lose to Baltimore. I thought that they would lose to Cleveland. And I wasn't sure how this Bengals game was going to go. So with that said, give me Joe Flacco to throw two plus touchdowns. I do not think that the Bengals are going to let us rush for a touchdown. I just don't see that happening. I think that they're very fast up front. And they're very fast in the secondary too. So they can chase first, down some big plays. Exactly. Um, I think that Garrett Wilson gets his, I think that he is the number one target. And based Agreed. on some things that I saw that the Cowboys did, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of crossing routes, a lot of things over the middle to Garrett yep. Wilson. That's where Bates really struggled was yes. covering deep crossers. He gave up a touchdown to Noah Brown on a crosser where he had to pick him up like that. They had a couple of bigger plays over the middle. Uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, earlier in the game that wasn't in the red zone. I agree. And we saw Garrett Wilson do that last week where he had a play. It was his first big reception of the day, I'm pretty sure, where he's running. It wasn't a deep crosser, but he's running a crosser over the middle and Flacco hits him dead in the face mask. And he's mm -hmm. able to catch it and run in stride and picks up like an extra 12 yards. So, yeah, I'm four catches for Garrett. I think that's no problem. Two touchdowns for Flacco. I think if the Jets are in it at all, they're going to do it by passing through the air. And I can mm -hmm. see that fitting. And Jets plus six, I think it's easy money. Uh, I'm, Yeah. I like that parlay. I think that fits all well to wrap things up in a nice little bow here based on what we've discussed and where we are with our bets. I think this game is very, very simple. If the Bengals don't adjust, the Jets are going to walk away with it. If yeah. the Bengals do adjust, they need to buckle their chin straps and get ready for a fight. It's yep. that simple for me. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm excited about this. Uh, listen, I want to pick the Jets to win. I really do. But I'm flying high in confidence after a crazy win last week. I'll fully admit it that I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I do <laughs> love this matchup and I'm not going to pretend that, that that is, you know, anything different, but you know, I'm definitely being optimistic and hopeful because we don't get to do that that often as fans of this team. We don't, but, but that lets you know, and, and, and I say it and I say it every show and I'm going to continue to say it, that it goes back to coach Saul and in the culture, it goes, it, the confidence that he instills in this team, you see it. And we have to yep. remember, this is a very young football team. That's very young. So these guys are hungry. They got their first victory. As you said, for some of the players, this is the earliest, this is the, this is the first time they've won a game in September. Yep. And I know on the last show, um, on the last show, I really didn't take that into account. But after we did the show, I really sat down and thought about some things that you said. And I was just like, you know what? If you have a group of guys in a locker room who are who have never experienced winning in September, yep. like, yes, that that's going to energize them. Yes. That's going to motivate them beyond belief. That's going to make them believe in what they're doing even more than they already did because they're seeing results now. That's why I thought doing this so early, not to get off on too much of a tangent before we end, but that's why I thought doing this and getting this win so early was so big because you skipped the four weeks of losses in a row where you've already lost all your confidence. And, and yeah. by the time you've gotten any of it back, it's too late. They're ahead of the schedule this time. Yes. Yes. And you also have to look at this for the Jets. Like this, this game right here, <laughs> this game is huge. This game is huge for the simple fact that after you play the Bengals, you have to play the Steelers. After you play the Steelers, you play the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. We look up and we beat the Bengals. You look and you beat the Steelers. 
now you're talking about coming into that game against the Dolphins, pending what they do against the Bills, and we're yep. talking possibly the Jets being in first or second place after the first after the fifth game of the season. Yeah, you want to talk about something that 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 will get New York going because that's mm-hmm. what the Giants are going absolutely nowhere but where they've been going for the last couple of years, and that is home. All right, you beat the Bengals, you go into the Pittsburgh. Steelers game, which I would expect that that's going to be the game that the rookie's going to start against the Jets because I think that yeah. that Minsky is well. Is- Tomlin was pretty adamant uh, from what I heard last night that even though they have the long week, like you're saying, where they don't play, they played on Thursday night this past week. They'll play next Sunday, so they'll have about a week and a half to catch up. Tomlin's direct quote was that we are definitely not thinking of making a quarterback change. Now, granted, he could be lying. Mike Tomlin is notoriously going to do his own thing and not give a crap about anybody else. And that's why I love Mike Tomlin, but Mm -hmm. that sounded pretty definitive to me of we are definitely not making a quarterback change kind of sounds like we are definitely not making a quarterback change. Now we'll see what happens as the week goes on, but, Mm -hmm. but it didn't sound like they were too eager to say, let's get Kenny Pickett out there. And even if they do, now you got a rookie starting in his first NFL game and that you know you're gonna have opportunities there as well so it's like pick your poison if you're the Steelers Mm -hmm. no I agree with you I agree with you I'm uh listen man I got my Terps playing Michigan at noon on Saturday then we got the Jets playing the Bengals at one o'clock on Sunday this is just going to be a great weekend for football and for Jets fans we've been saying it all we've been saying it since last year you better believe in the Jets, because a coach has this team rolling. I, I look at the smile on your face right now. Yep. I, I look at the clips of the Jets. I remember what it was like me being a Jet. Three of my four years playing for the Jets, we made it to the playoffs. And, and when the Jets are in the playoffs, that is a stadium that you want to be in. You oh, want to yeah. be in the stadium when the Jets are winning. You want to be in the stadium when the Jets have an opportunity to, to, to show their fan base, like, listen, we're here. We got a shot. Things are different. You have to go out there and prove it this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it's going to come down. I think that everything, if you want to know how this game is going to go, all you have to do is look at the first two drives. Regardless yeah. of who's on offense. We'll know very quickly how it's going to go. Agreed. Yes. If Cincinnati is on the field first, I'm anticipating one of two things. And, and to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if we get both. Be ready for a screenplay on the first play of the game or be ready for a play-action shot. Yep. All right? The next thing that the Jets have to be be ready for, and we talk about making adjustments, it would not surprise me one bit if the Cincinnati Bengals do not start this game running no huddle. If I'm looking at slowing the Jets down and, and, and I'm not going to utilize my screen game, the best thing I can do to slow down that front is to go with a no huddle offense and just see if the defense can keep up. I'm just as, I'm just as excited as you are about this game, man. I want to pick the Jets to win for this parlay. Just for the odds, I want to go ahead and just take the Jets to win. But I'm gonna play it safe. Although I do think the Jets will get this victory for our betters who are listening out there. I'm gonna play it safe for those of you all who are ready to just. Go skydiving with Drew Come here. Come sipping the Kool-Aid with me over here on this Look side. We're all good. Blackberry Kool-Aid. You got the black cherry. <laughs> it is delicious. But, hey, once again, it's a great show, Drew. Love doing the show with you. You can catch me 
on Twitter, Coach Jordan 34 on Instagram. I'm Lamont Jordan underscore 34. Uh, you can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Make sure you guys are following the show at B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets. Thank you all, uh, to betonline.ag for sponsoring and thank you all to, for listening. We're getting towards the end of the night. I'm getting tripped up over my words here. I am certainly had too much of the Kool-Aid before we started recording this one, but you guys go ahead take a listen. You want to get a, a safe bet. You lean towards Lamont's side. You want to come have some fun. You guys always know where to find me. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back real soon to hopefully review a big Jets win. I'm pretty confident that's what we're going to be doing. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.